happy to be here with you. My last night in England. Some doctor told me, how, how big is the pineal gland? A little small, very small. Just as each of us can experience this clarity of being, this, and I hope you experience that to some extent, uh, at least glimpses of the being that underlies and is prior to your thoughts, emotions, drives, which could be an experience that becomes normal even while you talk, live, work, this being is always there, whether you know it or not, whether you're conscious of it or not, but it would be good to be more conscious of it, accept the responsibility of it. to accept being a custodian of consciousness individually and collectively. I said, it's as if, we're, it's as if each of us is at a deep and pure well. Individually, you access that through your witnessing consciousness. But collectively, too, you create that here. And as, as a group, as a community of conscious people who are part of a, also a community through time, a living tradition, perhaps a small minority of people, who have ex existed for millennia, who are not completely lost in the trivialities and horrors of their time. There have always been people like you seeking truth and justice, Says, a famous text says that we have created a community that seeks truth and justice. So your task, which I hope you will accept, is to create that purity, that consciousness, that oneness, to 
be responsible for holding it, to be able to hold it. The pineal gland, the tiny pineal gland, has a powerful function with the body, within the body. The body, by comparison, is large. And yet, when the pineal gland functions as it should, it has the capacity to change everything, to change perception, to elevate feeling, to magnify intelligence. So the mystics, the lovers, the Sufis are an aspect of the endocrine system of the body. Tiny in quantity, but with a definite function. And while that may seem hypothetical or far-fetched, or even incredible, hopefully what you just experienced is your experience. No one's telling you what you experience. You know. And if what you experienced is static and noise, well, then you know that. But maybe you know more than that. Maybe you know that behind the static and noise is something else. once gave a talk it was almost a little more than a year ago at our nation's capital, Washington, in front of the Lincoln Memorial. The talk was called The Soul That Moves the Body of the World. this in mind as you practice together, as you do your zikr, and everything that you do, in every moment that you're together. That you realize the significance of the most fundamental aspect of this practice which has to do with the quality of your being, which has to do with accessing, knowing, experiencing what you are beyond your thoughts, beyond your emotions. And see that as a 
portal, a window, into the infinite, into an infinite beauty, into infinite grace. And this was presented in the form of a meditation on I am, I am. But the I-ness here is not the I-ness of your particular story, <coughs> or the stories you tell yourself about yourself. This is an I-ness without I. This is il Allah, not Lailaha. This is the miracle of God within you. This is the miracle of truth that resides in you, that longs to be known. That is the answer. That is the guidance. That is the blessing. get involved in so many other things, even in the name of spirituality, even in the name of Sufism, complicated. And some of that's all right, some of that's beautiful. Seeing you is beautiful, I'm happy. You're here. You bring joy to my heart. You're the richness of my life. Especially if I re remember that fundamental truth. I am. <coughs> and within this I am, that is real, in the simple presence, that huzur is real, and when you are in an awakened state, when you are awake, then you might be able to pray. You might be able to say, as Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, Oh Allah, help me, allow me to love you. Help me, allow me to love those who love you. And help me to love whatever will bring me close to your love. So you see how we move from the I am to this relationship. And since this was 
some would say, the favorite prayer of our prophet. It could be a favorite of ours. You could realize uh, how this love is central. This love is what uh, can be awakened and increased, enriched, known, and known yet more deeply. O Allah, let me love you. Let me love those who love you. Let me love that which leads me to your love. And if that prayer becomes like a, the shelter of our existence, the context in which we live, then maybe we'll make fewer mistakes. Maybe we'll do less harm. Maybe we'll be more kind. Maybe we'll be less full of ourselves. I know if I ask if you have any questions, I know what will happen. There will be a really long silence for a while. have a context. They're not just a subjective random inspirations of poetry. All of them are embedded within a profound and coherent reality. And to understand them
awareness of this context, as an experience of the context in which he existed, in which he lived, in which he found his ecstasy, in which he danced, helps us to understand. these wild utterances. Court trains are wonderful because they're so exposed. Just bursts of realization, bursts of confession, bursts of invocation. How long will you watch us from a distance? We offer help, and even love is helpless before us. What is the soul, the tiniest infant in our cradle? What is the heart, one of our wandering beggars? We are beautiful, so make yourself beautiful. Be like us, don't be like all the others. And if you wish to be a mine of jewels, open the deep ocean within your heart. one you've probably heard in another version. Let's see if you recognize it. Today, like every day, I'm in ruins. Ruins. I won't go to the door of worry. I'll pick up the rabat. For anyone whose kibla is divine beauty. There are a hundred forms of prayer and prostration. On the day when heaven's seals were stamped, the golden seals of lovers were different. Your mind will never understand what the difference is with these gold coins stamped beyond the mind.
God commanded in a revelation, O prophet, stay in the company of lovers. Though the whole world is warmed by your fire, even fire is smothered by ashes. says in the Holy Quran <coughs> be with those who call upon their Lord at dawn so even the prophet is warned you need you need the companionship uh, of the lovers and you know Ruby keeps coming back to this idea that there's something special about the lovers Special breed, they're like the pineal gland. go on the way, they will open the way for you. If you go on the way, they will open the way for you. And if you become nothing, you will be led to real being. And if you will be humble, if you will be humble, the universe will not contain you. The universe could not contain you. <coughs> and you will be shown yourself without yourself. Remember I said these utterances have a context. So we began our experience tonight. <coughs> experience of I-ness without I. You've shown yourself without yourself. So, poetry says it one way, and sometimes it helps to have some more practical explanations to understand the, really the underlying practice and to have the experience of that practice. This path is based on experience, not belief. And the experience is yours. So, two words to bring us together, unite our hearts and minds. Thank <laughs> you.
possibly open up a conversation about anything we'd like to talk about. Any need you might have. Maybe we could start by sharing what we've understood so far, or what we've experienced this evening. <coughs> or any questions that might arise in the course of these practices, in these poems. Julia, there's a seat here. Yes, awesome. Do me a favor. Yeah. Anybody, this is for everybody in this circle. When you speak in this circle, put your voice out okay. <coughs> self-confident, clear way. Okay. So, it's, it's, it's more a sense of, for instance, in what we just did, this idea of the Adita, this Buddha, that we will take one step. And Allah will come rushing towards the, um, this kind of return. And um, I suppose, so for instance, today, with this willingness on our part, then we just have to wait. I mean, you don't create any of this. Right. Uh, yes, so patience is part of it. Maybe you can enjoy the waiting. <laughs> Be grateful to know that you're waiting. But you're right. Um, summon the stillness as best you can. That in itself can be satisfying. And that might be some contentment. 
compared to our ordinary state, which is always trying to maybe fill ourselves with something, or satisfy something that seems unsatisfying, but just to arrive at the place you describe is important. It's already a kind of attainment. And if you keep arriving in that state again and again and again, really it does deepen. Because your being is, is deep, it's deeper than you know at first. eventually begin to find that you have that deep well inside yourself. It really is a well of meaning. It's like a spring flowing up from within your own being. And we're responsible for the quality of being that we create together. That these uh, places of sacredness, zawiyas, tekis, hanikas, were places, and even if it's a temporary place, even if it's a borrowed place, it's a place we come to in order that our vibration may naturally rise. And in which in our respect for each other and our affection for each other we create a common vibration. Community is a group of people united by a common vibration, which doesn't necessarily mean agreement in every thought and action, but a kind of harmony. Just as you would have a harmony in an orchestra, a symphony, everybody has to agree on you know, what note A is going to be, what that frequency is going to be. And then within that tuning, we have different instruments, we have different melodies.
Aisha. What's the last word or phrase? How do I stay in that capacity of love and uh, operate? And operate. Like not surgically operate, like operate. You must have heard us say at some point uh, to attempt to live in a vibration of love or in an atmosphere of love. I always found that surprisingly useful way to conceive of it. It's, very, it's different than saying that you should love, you must love, and so forth. It sort of takes the responsibility off of your own will. Just, and instead, you're asked to just, in a sense, imagine that we're already in that vibration of love. We just need to recognize it, or we just need to intend it. <clears throat> and then within that vibration of love that we are all in and we're all uh, you know, quietly, subtly sustaining. Uh, and by the way, even in circumstances where you're not surrounded by lovers and conscious people, you know, there's then of course the act of imagination is even greater. But still, you know that's reality. You know that is the reality. You know that as a teaching at least that you've heard that this universe was created from a spark of love. All the universes. And it's love that is longing to be known. That's why this world was created. That's what you're operating in. That's the milieu in which you're operating. So you have the universe on your side. The only thing that's in your way are human egos and your own. So, you see, knowledge plays a role in this. Right? Understand? Just, you know, I couldn't have said those things, if somebody hadn't expressed them to me at some point, and then with my own experience, they became real. And that way I can share some little bit of certainty with you about that, because in no circumstance of life will that divine mercy fail you if you remember to call upon it. Make sense? Something to work with? I see you expressing that love so often in so many circumstances that I'm aware of. 
So just carry it into more areas of your life. an opportunity, when we have an opportunity to be with a group of people like this, um, and it's an opportunity to bring our positive energy to, to uh, support this, to contribute to this, to serve this. Sufi saying, we stop complaining, we'll find ourselves in paradise. So much of uh, Mevlana's teaching and all Sufi teaching and the other primary sources of our tradition really go toward reshaping our perception or enabling a higher perception. The world looks one way when we're complaining and dissatisfied, when we sense meaninglessness or purposelessness. We're alienated from, also, from the very roots of our being. We get lost in thoughts that build upon themselves, associations upon associations, error, magnifying error, which we all do. We haven't come back. And I'll underline again, the I am, always knowing that this I is not the I of your self-image, not the I in your brain, not the I that is self-conscious, or prideful, or shamed. It's the pure consciousness the divine, that is sourced in the divine. Just to be very clear, we don't say it's your God, we don't say that, but we say that your consciousness is sourced in the divine. And if you could be really rigorous about that, you could keep returning to that experience in more and more conditions of life, as if you really took la ilaha illallah seriously. What do I mean? Meaning la ilaha, let go of all of those uh, aspects of the false self. Drop all that. 
กันไปถึงอิลอัลลอฮ์ your own being trust that trust that what is source in your own being is enough what is your guidance it is your inspiration is that it is that which helps you to uh, distinguish hawk from delusion Addition with this very sensitive space can open up inside yourself, and what we might call your inner being can begin to be more real, because your attention doesn't get stuck at the level of repetitive thought and habitual emotion. Clear the well, purify the water of the well. And in that well of your own inner being, there is incredible richness there. Every re- relationship. Becomes at first a little more sensitive, a little more real. And from that space, you begin to observe the parts of yourself that are a little false, a little uh, unconscious. That maybe are the result of <coughs> wounds of the past. Conditioning of the past. So with somebody like Ned Lama, 
such a vast space opened up within him that just all of this meaning came rushing forth. Uh, not just uh, subjective, fantastic uh, you know, streams of words. No, not at all. But what came rushing forth was, um, since it was coming from Hawk, since it was coming from the deepest reality, then he could uh, share with us, entertain us with everything from sublime prayers, um, beautiful poems, even vulgar stories, in some cases, that had yet this hawk in them, just to get our attention, make us laugh, loosen us up. Not take ourselves so seriously. What an example of a liberated human being. Breaking a lot of conventions of his time, and even of our time. Showing us that the spiritual life is a creative life. It's freedom. Also very aware at this time, super aware of how much we live in a in the outer world that is described to us by the media, by most much of what people is on people's minds and tongues. <clears throat> that we're living at a time when distortions are rampant, when the false reality uh, is the consensus reality around us. It's very strong. I don't want to talk about it tonight, but I'm just going to say, be aware. Be aware that you need this spiritual practice to overcome human suggestibility so as not to be controlled by the lies created uh, to enslave us, to distract us, and that this spiritual practice, this uh, cultivation of truth, awareness of truth, as a state of being, as a state of presence, as a state of referring to your own inner heart and the experience in your own inner heart is basically your own defense against all of the falsity. That engenders fear, hostility, competition, anxiety,
the last couple of days, a few of us have been discussing a possibility of this group and some other groups, but starting here, offering something to the world in the form of a maybe a one-day event called an introduction to awakening. So we've opened the door to people who may be looking for this, and both to offer to others, those who are searching, uh, first of all, a context, to understand the context in which we exist, in which we strive, in which we seek. What is the human being? What is the nature of this wider reality? What is the finite versus vis-a-vis the infinite? What is the personal vis-a-vis the infinitely personal, transpersonal? How can a human being develop in truth? How can a human being develop our innate human capacities to live more fully in this world? And how can we uh, also help each other in that process? And uh, so one idea, one title for this is an introduction to awakening because this is, the, this is the heart of the matter. This is where it begins. We have a beautiful tradition. And it's a tradition that's always, in a sense, recreating itself anew. For us, tradition is not a looking to the past. Accepting the guidance of the past in order to uh, fashion the present and the future in the most beautiful way. I said on a radio interview a couple of weeks ago here in Britain, the Voice of Islam. I don't know what I don't know who they are. What they are. Voice of Islam. They wanted to know. They wanted to talk about hope. I think a lot of people are in need of hope. I've noticed this. And I said to them, I said, maybe Islam hasn't really been lived yet. I mean, as it's meant to be lived. Maybe it's not just something of the past. We're always looking to some grand time in the past. Of course, with all honor and respect to Prophet and his companions, but to think of the tradition and the revelation as something yet to be fulfilled in the things. It was a shocking idea. So for us, tradition is uh, it is the record and the, and the energy of generations of seekers and guides that have gone before us, as we say at Derby Zikr. We feel their support, we feel their attainments, we uh, 
try to recognize and appreciate the best of their realizations that have been carried in the container of tradition in order that we can use these in our time for a more human life. And human life, by what we mean by human life, is a life, a human life, completed by the divine. So I started tonight saying you are custodians of consciousness. There has been a living tradition for millennia. There have always been people who have been a little closer to the truth, a little less uh, caught up in justifying the injustices of their own culture or society, a little less complacent about the distortions and injustices and inequalities. It's a beautiful thing to remember those people, to honor them, to call them to mind. And also, it allows us to be a little more at ease with the fact that sometimes when we look at the mass of what appears to be unconsciousness with which many people live not to judge it but to accept it and within that still to be true to, to our search for the truth and our remembrance of the truth Community. Let me find it. Let's see if I have it. And end this with a few important quotes. The word of your Lord is fulfilled and perfected through truth and justice. Or this one. And among those we have created, and among those communities we have created, is a community that follows truth and practices justice. And I'm going to read you uh, a quote. Let's see if anybody might know who it is. Love the earth and sun and the animals. Despise riches. Give alms to everyone that asks. Stand up for the stupid and crazy. Devote your income and labor to others. Hate tyrants. Argue not concerning God. Have patience and indulgence toward the people. 
Read these leaves in the open air every season of every year of your life. Re-examine all you have been told at school or church or in any book. Dismiss whatever insults your own soul. and Your very flesh shall be a great poem and have the richest fluency, not only in its words, but in the silent lines of its lips and face and pe- between the lashes of your eyes and in every motion and joint of your body. Not Wendell Berry. <laughs> Good guess. Thank you. How's Rocky Walt Whitman? <laughs> what else do you do on Friday nights? <laughs> <laughs> we came up with a good idea for a t-shirt the other day, some of us. Just remember. <laughs>